Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Welcome, old and young, hot and cold, to another edition of Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Hot, cold take! In the back is Brother Lucas. <laughs> and the movie tonight is Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit, starring Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know we were going to catch this one. Yeah, it was uh, late in the game edition. It was last minute. You, Lucas... Dropped it on, I dropped it on you guys like super last minute. With like 60 minute. minutes until showtime. And yeah. we were both just a, like, yep, yeah, yeah. we'll my, be there. My brothers rose to the occasion <laughs> and we and we formed like the Voltron that we are. Oh my god. Uh, if we would have known what this movie was, we would have done a full meal, full app out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but as it is... It's just a hot take, and we'll we'll melt that ice as thoroughly as we possibly can. I want to start by saying we're not even going to attempt to explain this plot. No, like, there's... I, I think people who are listening to this need to see this movie. I think I think it's it's. I'm getting some sideways nods in the car, but let me <laughs> let me say with authority. Yeah, see the fucking movie. That said. Let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. Bishki, you are you have a mountain of notes over there. <laughs> it, is, well, it is a giant block I came of in, text. I Six came feet in, of snow. I came in expecting the hard-charging revenge thriller sure. from, from Liam. And then I last last minute while after Lucas made the call, we <laughs> I looked and I saw a black comedy and I was like, hmm. You're always you're always peeping around a little bit <laughs> with these movies that we don't know anything about. Yeah, and that, uh, and then I didn't really. It started out like a hard charging revenge film mm-hmm. until probably I think it was like Laura Dern, their son. Laura Dern is in this. Yeah, Laura. <laughs> she is dying. Laura Dern. Laura Dern gets out just in time because this is not. Really, she's not supposed to it's be. No but, country for Laura Dern. But they're pumping up the gurney with her right. with their dead son, right? And it goes on for like that. That's five minutes. I, that's when I, I like, knew we weren't in Kansas anymore. That that's exact moment. Line. That's exact moment. I was like, uh oh. There is a full, completely equipped <sighs> suite of salad dragon scenes in yes. this film. Yeah, and mm, yeah. I, Yes, with but, a capital okay, yeah, okay. But it must be said that this is a remake of a 2011 Danish film remade by the same filmmaker. Norwegian. So, so I, I, Norwegian, excuse me. I, I did not know that going in. So all I knew going in was that Liam Neeson was a snowplow driver who gets revenge. And at first when I heard about it, I, I thought it was a parody, like a straight comedy. And, sure. someone, and someone was like, no, 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 it's like a straight action movie. And I thought, huh... It's neither. Oh, okay, and then and it's then, Norwegian. And then my BFF was like, "Are we gonna go see the Mister Plow movie?" And I was like, "Oh my god, you're right." And I, so I'm going in expecting yeah. comedy. Nobody, nobody could have ever possibly known what to expect. But this there's, movie is not a comedy. There's no way to prepare for it. Like it, this yeah. movie is not a comedy. It is based on a movie called In Order of Disappearance, uh, starring Stellan Skarsgård in a Liam Neeson role. I did yes. look at the original film's trailer because I was so baffled, st- yes. stumbling out of this. And it does. It does does seem like the sensibilities come from elsewhere. Yes. I, I would say not even from this planet. Something is lost in translation 
Ten uh, times yeah. over. Lost in translation. Uh, For sure. This lost, movie. But... This movie is not just tone deaf, <laughs> but it is deaf. Like okay. it is just like blind okay. and deaf. Well, the aforementioned gurney pump scene is kind oh. of is kind of a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And whereas I think it messed messed you guys up, tripped you up a little bit. As the gurney pumped, my smile got bigger because mm. I'm like, oh, is this a fucked up movie? Is are we are we in a movie? that is going to do things that we never imagined before. Yes, but not a fucked up fun movie, because while they're cranking the gurney up, I get that it's supposed to be played for comedy, but... But is it? But, but is no, it? No, 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 no. I, no, I, I think it was. I think it was, but it comes off as so tedious, because you have to literally sit there for like 30 or 60, sixty real time seconds yeah. of, of a click 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 just, click just to click, be click, extra clear click, we're talking about click 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 talk- click 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 yes. click and you're like oh my god they're really we're they're talking really doing about this. a mortician using a hydraulic pump to pump a gurney up to the proper level so that Liam Neeson can view his son but they it just keeps going it is like sideshow Bob with the rakes in the Simpsons but straight but but yeah it's <laughs> so straight, straight. Liam Neeson yeah. and Laura Dern are looking at their dead son and they're like yeah he OD and and then, like, but he didn't do drugs and they're like that's what they all say and it's such a brutally honest moment is. like mm-hmm. so and there's nothing funny about it that's like, it's what just, I that's what's going to keep my brain coming right back to this movie because it is brutally violent brutally violent like humorless just like humor like it really turns on you humorously brutal violence mixed with silly dark humor yeah that rears its head every once in a while it you never know where this movie's coming from or where it's going. And it all feels like it's based off someone's diet of like early Tarantino That's and Reservoir Dogs or, 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 or Boondock no, Saints or yeah, like yeah. like I the person's vocabulary is, is rooted in like the a, movies that that But you that can't were, say it's one thing. Uh, the Tarantino pops up out of nowhere. Like it becomes a Tarantino crime tapestry halfway through this movie. Right. But not done well. But like one of the knockoffs Liam from the Neeson 90s that like disappears didn't, that for about forty-five minutes. He is lost because in this. there like, are about nine hundred characters. They keep piling on the characters. There are, and everybody has nicknames. Check this out: Viking, Mustang, <laughs> Santa, Wingman, Shiv, Avalanche, War Dog, oh. Smoke, Speedo, Limbo, <laughs> Bone, the Eskimo. These are all characters they that all are get, side characters. It's like all John. It's like John Wick on meth. But they all get scenes. Yeah. Everybody, you get to meet every character, and you get to learn at least one thing about them. Okay, can I can I just talk about the disagreement I got in with my BFF on the drive home? The, the first one. You're gonna I, air your BFF's dirty laundry. Go ahead. What, what yeah. I said was the first murder, which he didn't, which he didn't agree with. He said the first murder was Speedo, but I said no, no, no. no. The first it's murder the son. was the son's friend, right? When when he when the son's no. friend was like, "Give me some money, and, and I'll tell you," and he like starts choking him out, and then he says, "Then he says Speedo." Isn't the first name Kyle that comes up on screen? Kyle is Liam Neeson's son. Ah. Kyle Coxman. Ah. Okay. Liam Neeson plays Nels Coxman. Okay. That wasn't funny either. And like they tried to make that a joke, but yeah. it just wasn't well, funny. Well, like, every like, time like, someone dies in this film, a graphic comes up with a symbol from the character's religious denomination and their name, as if to memorialize them and send them to heaven. So yeah. when Kyle Coxman appears, Liam Neeson's son, who they overdose with drugs to make it look like an overdose, 
the kidnappers, that is, then a cross appears and Kyle Coxman. And as the body count grows, there's a scene where about, like, 40 people die, and it's just a black screen filled with names and symbols. Mm-hmm. You guys have to be a little dead inside to not appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm on Lucas's boat, bitch-key. and I was sitting it too, bitchy. I was it too. I was sitting next to Lucas, so oh well, that well, that he, always he will suck I, all I, the fun. I, I I leaned over oh, was, yeah. midway was through, and no. I whispered to my my BFF. I said, "This is painful. Like this is utterly." He and his BFF in, together, in, man. Inane. Inane. You should painful. have been sitting on my side. It was my side so was great. bad. It was yeah. so beyond. I need bad. to sit between you guys. And and my BFF was saying it was awesomely terrible. It was so bad. It was good. Yes. And it was, was inter- right. it was redeeming for the entertainment value. Right. And I was like, no, 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 you're He's wrong. Correct. I absolutely disagree. This was like watching two drunk people argue about a table, and and it was just it was just completely like ugh, insufferable. There is so much going on in this movie. I will say, if you can't tell already, I am in support of Cold Pursuit. But it is a two-hour movie that feels like three hours. Oh, God. It is so dense. It is so tightly packed. There are so many characters doing so many things with so many motivations. And they've got this gross white-collar, like, bro, frat bro, Wall Street villain, like American Psycho villain. You didn't like him? He's too on the nose. Like he's so on the nose. Like you, you want you. He makes you want to walk out. Like you just want to walk out. You're like every every subplot with him. You're like I want to get out of here. That actor was having such a great time that I was right there with him. I'm like, go for it, dude. Go all the way. He's going for comedy. Nobody was laughing. Like nobody laughed throughout the whole movie. There 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 were people laughing at the wrong things. There were some racist, misogynist jokes that they were laughing at, and I was thinking like, oh my god, like this audience. Nobody laughed at those. There were there were. People some bad laugh laughter. At the right shit. I was I was scared because people were no, laughing at shit they shouldn't have been. You're a wilting lily. Listen, <laughs> there's so much there's so much to talk about. There's so many kills in this movie. There's a kill where someone uses a Starbucks biodegradable drink holder as a blood shield to shield <laughs> their face. There's a scene where Nels Coxman, Liam Neeson, gets his hands on a bunch of cocaine, ill-gotten cocaine, and just spreads it out into the snow that is that is flying all around that was pretty beautiful and they slow it down they know how beautiful it is there is a bunch of native american gangsters having a snowball fight. this is where it gets racist this is where i thought like (laughs) this is so sad that that native they can't have a snowball fight they're well first of all they're never portrayed they're they're always portrayed as like yeah these gambling alcoholic criminal like let's like i didn't get that from these guys they weren't alcoholics. They were called an Elkie by the bad guy, which is supposed to make you hate him. There's a dog taking a full shit that they zoom in on. John Waters style. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on. The The kid at the center of it, he ends up just driving off in a snowplow, and you you don't know where he went. That, that <laughs> it was so disgusting. He, Liam, Neeson kidnapped, Liam Neeson kidnaps the kid, and the kid's like, will you read me a story? And, like, Liam Neeson, like, begrudgingly reads him a story. Then the kid, like, puts his head on his shoulder and is like, do you know what Stockholm Syndrome is? That's and it's like, fucking fuck, hilarious. Fuck. Oh, that, that is fuck so, so weird. No, that is I, so, it's so wrong. I took it's a wrong. long bathroom break during that point. 
Oh, Bishki, you you were sitting on the wrong side, man. Yeah. And then and then when when the head of the Native American gangster cartel, White Bull, when his son is killed, they put him on this weird hydraulic gurney, and that scene plays out as they Dude, slowly race. It's so weird. Yeah, they have a scene and then it cuts to them like shuffling out of the hideout with like him in the casket and there's no score and it's like a couple different like setups and it, it like it doesn't it doesn't have any rhythm or, or sense. It's just like a random scene. They're like, will, "Oh, we should like throw it in." I will concede that this movie is arrhythmic. There is no rhythm, and that's why it feels like three hours. It's like an obscure TV series that you're watching out of order, but you happen to watch the last one at the right time. (laughs) It's it's out of control. Yeah. I mean, they're playing crazy tonal shifts in the music. You got Barbie Girl by Aqua yes, in, you that, do. in that scene. You and then very much do. 2,000 Miles by Chrissy Hyde. And, and the music was really kind of strange, I thought. It yes. Was, I thought it was like Fargo. I don't know what I was getting from it. I was getting... I don't know if you guys watched the Fargo TV series. It is highly recommended. But the second season of Fargo lives in this same universe. It's okay. it's it's they share the the same universe. So, if you're a fan of that series and you want like a really skewed take on it, a really skewed riff on it, I would say this is up your alley. But I think I get where you guys are coming from. This is not this does not adhere to any structure or convention other than the convention of a poo-poo platter of different strange influences Mm -hmm. but i think the main influence is coming from a distant planet and that might be norway i do see it as like a euro director going through the prism of of tarantino like it's Mm strange it's strange but i do see tarantino and the tarantino knockoff movies that came after and it's really weird to see that in 2019 yeah those those are dead those are way like the last one the last one that i remember was uh was uh seven psychopaths sure was a it was kind of a tarantino Mm -hmm. knockoff movie and i was like this is like 15 years too late now this is like 20 years too late. yeah but but at what point does it become new again at what point do people watching movies say Wait, what was Tarantino again? I mean, this I really, cool. I was really shocked that this movie got made at the studio level. At it's Lions all about Gate Liam. Summit, and, Liam yeah, and, and Stellan and, must be drinking buddies. And, and that yeah. it got a theatrical release because this was a streaming movie. If I've ever seen a streaming movie, like, oh my god! I, I, I feel hashtag blessed that I was able to see that in in a slightly chubbed up crowded theater like there were people there yeah there were other people there on like a late night on a late show monday on a monday yeah Yeah, what late show throughout the creation of this podcast this beautiful podcast that we're making i've just really taken time to appreciate when we see something that shouldn't be in a theater (laughs) by by any means like not not shouldn't based on quality but just the powers that be how did it slip through (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this one Holy shit! Yeah. You can buy this. You can buy a ticket to this alongside all these other blockbuster bullshits. Yeah. And no, you're going into cold pursuit, and you're seeing it with a bunch yeah. of freaks the, the, on a to, Monday to, night. To me, there had there was only one great moment in the entire film. Let's hear it. And and it was again from like a different movie. Nothing funny about it, but I think I laughed at like it's genius. Sure. And it's when it's in the early it's in early in the film in the first act after Liam Neeson's son dies and and he started getting revenge and killing people but 
Laura Dern doesn't know that. She just thinks like right. her son died of it. She didn't know her son. She wasn't there for him. And Liam Neeson's so distracted. She basically leaves him and she leaves him a note, like yes. a card that's blank. Like, I mean, completely blank. Like the yeah. card itself yeah. it is blank. Like there's nothing on the card. I thought like, it meant <laughs> that she had gotten kidnapped or something, but nope. She left that blank note, and then you never see her again. Dern out. Yeah, that is Norwegian. Oh, man. I got to see the... You guys aren't seeing it, I'm sure, but I got to see the Norwegian version. I got to know. Bishki, is there anything left in that huge block of text? Um... Looks like you're I mean, deciphering I, 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 the Talmud. I've been holding back because I know you loved it a lot. No, no, no. Don't okay. hold back. I mean, I'm secure in my love for cold Okay, pursuit. okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I I just felt that, you know, I do not do not like Tarantino knockoff movies. Sure. Like, I didn't like them when they came out. Sure. I, still, I still don't like You've them. You've been consistent with that. And, and I've been, yeah, I've been down the line. Boondock Saints is maybe my least favorite film of all time. I'm with you. And, yeah. um... And this one, you know, I think it's in a different locale. It's got a lot of different <laughs> things. But kind of the underlying feeling that I got was this kind of amoral crime drama that's supposed to be kind of witty and funny, but I just wasn't laughing. I'm right. sorry. I, and and then they keep piling on the characters. So I, I wasn't really laughing either, to, yeah. to note. Okay. Like, I laughed aloud maybe four times. But yeah, it exists between two gears, and to me, that's thrilling. But mm-hmm. I can see how it would be completely almost nauseating. Yeah, I mean the the fact that they bury like Neeson just gets buried <laughs> in the like, snow and, yeah. and, and just disappears for he like does. you know forty like, minutes a long time, <laughs> and he, and he's kind of a weird character to to put in this movie anyway. He's just a he's a I, killer. He's, he's a, not a friendly yeah. guy. Not so. a happy guy. And there's this, and there's this really dead air, uh, which was was the worst part of the movie. Excruciating was the (laughs) the local town sheriff and deputy doing their case and shooting the breeze. It was just like a different movie. Yeah, that was like another. That was like a Fargo. It was a pilot within a movie. I wanted to kill myself. There were different pilots going on here, but. Bisky, anything, anything left in there? Keep going, um, keep it going. No, I'll, I'll give you my bone if you want. Let's go to the bone. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. Hit us, Bisky. I'm going to go with one bone. One singular bone. For the beautiful locations of British Columbia. Mm. I loved the locations, and I loved looking at it. It, it was well, I think it was well-directed. For what it was, mostly. I would um, I would give an absurd amount of money to go slightly back in time, have you sit on my side, <laughs> and just see if the vibes would have changed this opinion. Okay, I would, okay. That study would solve nothing yeah. globally, but would solve everything within this Prius. Okay. I would love to do that, but I can't. Alas, go on. Okay, but we will we will sit together soon. And, <laughs> I'm sure and, we will. And uh, hold hands and into the next. We're gonna have to hold hands on the salad next dragon. Again. That's what it is. Because the Lucas size, I kind of I kind of just sigh. With I no. I right, that's I, one bone. One bone. One bone. Move on what's, to Lucas. What, what's interesting is when the movie started, right? When all the credits came up, or when when the sh- the first opening shots of the snow came up. Yes. I I did I did my ears did perk up. I was like ooh ooh. 
this looks good. Like this looks, this looks like in, Fargo. This looks like yeah. This looks like Fargo. This is interesting. I think. I think we made a wise decision. I think we're in for something good. <laughs> and then very quickly, very quickly, you know, by the time you got to the gurney scene in the morgue, oh, clanking up, scene. I was so out. I was like, just, I'm not on board with this movie. It, it's like one of the worst kind of Tarantino knockoffs, like ever, like, like ever. It's like if Tarantino did Sesame Street or something. <laughs> um, and I just found it like such a such a hard slog to get through. And I thought, you know, Liam Neeson, you know, in a snowplow and his son, you know, gets involved in drugs. Like you could you could easily run with that premise. But this is not that movie. This is not that premise. And when I and when I stumbled out of it, I, I was in a bad mood and, and told my, my BFF, I said, you, you haven't seen it, but I said, I honestly didn't think I would see a worse movie this year than Welcome to Marwan, and tonight I did. Tonight, Marwan's last year, like, so. Like, well, no, well, I saw, oh, yeah, I mean, okay, okay, fresh, technically it's last year, but, but bottom line is, this is a wolf for me. This is a wolf. Whoa! This is a wolf. There's nothing redeeming about this. It should not have been made. The executive at Lionsgate who who convinced whoever to remake it should be fired. They should be run oh, out of the business. Man. This this movie should not exist. It was no. a waste of time. It was a waste of Lord Dern's no. time. It was a waste of Liam Neeson. And it was a waste of the of the poor Native Americans that had portrayed no. themselves as these like scheme, scheming like like uh, everybody just... in this movie was scheming. Okay, you're uh, done. I'm glad Dern. I'm glad Dern jumped ship because oh this God. this was too lowbrow for her. You cold suited snowflakes you okay i agree with a lot of the hard facts that you guys have brought up i don't agree with these sentiments though i don't think anybody should be fired i don't think anybody should be put into a snowplow and have their organs spit out all over the snow i think this movie is so special because it is broken, because it throws everything into the mix, because it goes so fucking hard for so fucking long, this movie is the most packed two hours. Not action-packed, just packed with information (laughs) that I can't dismiss it. I can't do it. I truly, truly, and contact me if this is not the case, but I truly believe most people who have the pleasure of listening to this podcast who it's reaching your ears if you give this movie a try with the knowledge of all of this with the knowledge that it's a little off kilter you're gonna find the nutrients you're gonna see what i see i think that's the case i could be wrong the rotten tomatoes are on my side sort of so i don't know what that means but i do know that this is a three bone motion picture it's three bones because I gotta support shit like this. It will stay with me forever. Oh, I'm sorry okay. to hear that. Well, okay. I went home and watched Fargo that very night to like, <laughs> watch this shit out of my mouth. Well, that's good. We go from a woof to three bones. These yeah. are the kind of these are the kind of movies we need to pursue. These are revelations. Yeah, we need to do some hot pursuit of yeah. these types of films. We're going to keep searching for those. We're going to keep hunting those salad dragons. There are so many icicle-winged frozen dragons just ready to be thawed when this comes out on Netflix for y'all. Yes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Give it a shot. Do your laundry during it. You won't be disappointed. That's the Cold Pursuit hot take, y'all. Hot take. Hard charging. So hard charging. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Love and light. Love, Love and light. light. Stay warm. Stay warm.